We're back with some quack. I'm Rusty. That's Sean. Week two in the books. Oregon beats Virginia 44-26. Sean, how upset are you? Scale of 1 to 10, how fired is Mark Helfrich? Oh, he's 11 at this point. God forbid we didn't we didn't beat him by 50, so he needs to go right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's who's on the hotter seat right now? Uh, uh, Gus Malzahn or Mark Helfrich? Oh. Gus Malzahn, who's won like two conference games. Mark Mark Helfrich is on the hottest seat in the country. Yeah, he needs to have been fired like last week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, All right. Oh, the teams. The team. What, what was that? Oh, the teams two and zero. Oh. oh, interesting. It's mm. it's ridiculous. So this is probably going to go up after Taco Tuesdays has been posted. Yes. So let's just get started with the game first. Um, so Oregon uh, is up thirty to six at the half, and then has an even third quarter when a lot of twos are in. Um, Royce Freeman carries the ball twenty one times for two hundred seven yards and two touchdowns because he's not of this earth. Uh, Devin Allen. What a what a game! What a coming out party. So Devin Allen had four catches for 141 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he had more yards and more touchdowns this game alone than the entire 2015 season. Really? Yep. 2015, nine catches, 94 yards with a long catch of 23 yards and no trips to the end zone. So he he naturally celebrated his return to the end zone by doing what? Hurdling over fake hurdles. It was amazing. Why not? Why not? Why not? Um it was so it was so crazy cuz there was like a holding call on one play and then there was a personal foul. Uh and so I was looking at third and 36, like from our own 39. Yeah. And that's the point where you just kind of like, all right, let's just pack it in and chalk this drive up as a loss. Yeah. And I was like, are we just going to run a draw play? I was like, eh, you might as well just take a shot because it's not like you're in a really improved field position from the 50. Right. Um, so I was like, all right, let's just tell, like I was sitting in the stands with my friend. I was like, we should just have Devin Allen run in a straight line and Dakota <laughs> just throws it. And that's exactly what happened. And behold... Yeah, it was amazing. It was just like, because, uh, like, Rob Mosley tweeted uh, that he was thinking the same thing. And I feel like every single person in the arena was thinking, all right, let's just give it to, give it to, give it to Dakota, have him throw to Devin Allen, who's just going to run really fast. Yeah, I I would love to be in the huddle for that play. It's like, uh, guys, what are we doing here? Third and 36? Okay, Devin, uh, just run straight. As far as you can and as fast as you can. Yeah. And it, that isn't even the most impressive part, which was the catch, because he had a defensive back just all over him. Yeah. He was – and that was what I noticed about Prukop too, is um, there was another there was another play late in the half where he hit Darren Carrington downfield. And much unlike the rest of his catches, Carrington was not open on this one. He was well covered. Oh. And weird. Yeah, bizarre, right? So that was what I was noticing on a few plays was Prukop's ability to just like just drop it in there to 
just making passes that should not be completed. Uh-huh. Just incredible accuracy. And like, obviously it, it's a huge nod to the receivers as well for being able to catch it with coverage on them. But that's pretty, I, that was, I was amazed by those. So yeah, there was one play too, where he ran and then at the last second he pulled back to throw a pass. And it was like a 20 yard gain to Stanford. I think I was like, that was an amazing play. Just like yeah. so much so, discipline when you could have yeah. just taken off running. Yeah, there was that that read option where he was like backed up on his own one yard line, and he read the the blitz came from the outside. He read it perfectly, kept the ball, and then he had the awareness to know that he had Stanford next to him, and they got like they got like four, another fourteen yards just off the pitch alone. Yeah. Oh yeah, that play was that was not planned. I'm sure. Yeah, Stanford was just kind of like hanging around, hanging around, and Brock Prekop was like, "Oh, sweet, you're here. Here, take this." Yeah, it was. Oh, it reminded me of uh, Marcus Mariota flipping it to Charles Nelson in the Rose Bowl in like the first quarter. Ah, uh, yes, those except, were good numbers. Except that was planned. Of course. Um, and then Farrell Brown. Five catches, 55 yards, a touchdown. He runs hard. Yeah. It's weird because he looks like he's just a lumberer now, but he was actually – I actually went back, back and watched some games from like two years ago. He kind of ran the same way last year or two years ago. So it's not yeah. like – I don't see a huge Nothing difference. Nothing really changed. Yeah, I don't see a huge difference. Yeah, let's um, get that Although, I think the play of the game really should go to freshman Jalen Brown. Or not freshman, receiver Jalen Brown. Yes. That's one of those clips that they're going to show on, like, the coaches, like, first meeting. Like, this is why we do blocking. And it's going to be just Jalen Brown wiping the defensive back off the face of the earth. <laughs> just, like, into the void. And, uh, oh, huge plus of this game, too, that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, nobody's suspended. Woohoo! Yeah, Bronco Mendenhall's teams are pretty famous for starting fights. And a lot of, a lot of Virginia players really try to get it going. Yeah. Yeah, don't do anything stupid, especially with the Nebraska game coming up. Yeah, exactly. So. Virginia's not doing anything, so. Yeah. We just got nothing else going on. Um. Also of, of impressive note in this game was running back Tony Brooks James. Oh yeah. He had some great runs. Uh he his stat is like he had one touchdown, but that carry was like a yard, and he had a couple he had like two other carries that were amazing even though they weren't even though they didn't go for that long. Yeah, he only had like sixteen yards in the game, but can I been was seven of twenty eight secretly a very good running back mm-hmm. Dakota seven of nineteen long of nine he provides a running threat that Allen didn't have where he can take a read option and go six yards, which is huge that's all you need yeah that's really all you need i mean as, as much as I love Marcus Mariota just ripping eighty yard runs off it's not <laughs> that's like a luxury it's really a luxury. You mean it's not expected that every single read option goes for 80 yards? Uh, I think it is a, an expectation, but it shouldn't be. 
Why why else would you run the damn play? Yeah. Um, Charles Nelson also fumbles another kick. Of course. He needs to get that figured out. Uh, although Rob uh, has been posting GIFs at practice, which is makes me really happy for some reason. Like, oh, I'm there at practice. I know what's going on. I know so much more about this team than I did earlier. Inside access. The, the best part, too, is apparently he was getting, like, after he did it the first time, he was getting more and more requests for it. And he was like, no, it kills my phone battery. <laughs> like, just do it later. Yeah. Just do it later. If you, if you I, I don't, it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, no, you need to put this up now. It's like, I sometimes I just go to Rob's Twitter. I'm like, okay, what did I miss? Like, I need to find the practice report. Yeah. So. Come on, Rob. <laughs> Come on, Rob. Come on. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, between between having to handle questions about what time kickoff is, even though Google's right there, it probably takes more time to text him or to tweet at him asking what time it kickoff is. Yeah. Or saying we should fire Helfrich or uh what's the other one that he probably gets asked a ton? Oh, why he's padding the practice reports to make everything <laughs> yeah. sound fantastic. Every everything is fine. It it reminds me of like the uh, the scene at the end of Animal House when like all hell breaks out loose and Kevin Bacon's character is just like all is well, all is well. Like that's what I envision every single one of Rob's practice reports to be. <laughs> yeah. Like Dakota Prukov could be missing half his leg, but all is well. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't have to sugarcoat anything. You can just leave out the bad parts. No, but he it's it's okay. He works he works for the team now, so it's not it's not actually journalism anymore. It's just public relations. Yeah, which is fine. Like I'm like I'd yeah. rather have practice reports than not have practice reports. Exactly. At this it's point it's pretty much just player interviews anyways. Yeah. So um keep those keep those gifs coming, Rob. We love them. Yeah. I'm sure he's listening to this. Yeah. Oh, he listens every week. I know he does. <laughs> <laughs> He's an avid subscriber of Sling and Quack. I, f- I, w- I would not expect anything less. He just he needs to get he needs to be uh, listening to. I really hope all he has duck outlets. I really hope he has an alter ego and is like a frequent commenter in the Quack Fix. That'd be so funny. <laughs> which which duck would it be? Daisy Duck. Has anyone seen Daisy Duck in person? No, it's just. Has alleged. anyone seen Daisy Duck and Rob in the same room at the same time? <laughs> we we can't confirm. We cannot confirm that Daisy Duck and Rob Mosley are actually one and the same. Right, definitely. Um, okay, so let's talk about the defense a little because that's like is what makes people wet the bed. Yeah. Um, I think Virginia averaged like on the ground. They they averaged like seven yards a carry or something. That's and they what just, you would think. They just did the same thing every time. They just ran up the middle. Okay, how how much would you actually guess their yard per carry was? Like actually? Yeah. Without well, looking at the box store, um, four point three. Wow, check you out, four point eight. Oh, I didn't even look. How how much would it be if we were just listening to people talking about the game? Like not the actual box score. Yeah, if you just listen to people's impressions of the game. A hundred and one yards per carry. Yeah, exactly. A hundred and one. Exactly. Yeah. No, no. I get it's. I it, I get that that's not possible, but it's so intense. It's it just skips over what is possible. Yeah. Um. 
passing. Like, I'm to be honest, I am making fun of a lot of people who think the sky is falling, but not the best showing by the run defense. Could be better. Could have been better. Yeah. It's there was so much of it. So I was watching it live and I didn't necessarily have like the best angle to be like, why is this happening? Because it happened all night. Uh, which was just I don't even know if it was power. It was just zone blocking. But Oregon was so wide. Well, A, Virginia split the linemen out super wide in their splits. And then Oregon just, like, covered the edges. Like, like I've, I've watched a little bit of the game again. And you had, like, three guys on each side, like, outside of the tackle. And then one guy over top of the center. And it's like, yeah, you're going to give up that many yards when you just leave the A and the B gaps open. Right. So, but, like, why they were doing that, I don't know. So, and it's something that's, like, it seems so obvious that I would expect there was a reason for it. I don't know what that is, but I don't know what else it could be. So, Virginia also went uh, 6 of 13 on third downs, averaged... 4.9 4.9 yards per pass, and they threw two interceptions. Um, and I'm always of the belief that turnovers are an offense's fault rather than defense's great play. Mm-hmm. It's always the offense's fault. Yep. Um, so Oregon outgains UVA 632 to 388. Um, I figure out how many drives there were total. See, because if you look at the total yards, it's not even – it's not a really good indicator because, like, Virginia got 193 yards rushing on 40 carries. Like, they got 195 yards passing on 40 passes. Like, Oregon defeated 80 plays. So – Yeah, when you, when you defend 80 plays, you're going to give up some yards. Yeah, Exactly. So, I don't know. It was a huge step in the right direction, though. Like, based off last week, like, Oregon averaged 6.7 yards a carry, but Freeman averaged, like, 10. So, yeah, the line he had that ridiculous 85 yard touchdown. Yeah. So, the line did significantly better than it did last week. Like, a lot of linemen got to the second level. Um, Like, granted, Virginia is not a top team. But they're better than UC Davis, and Oregon looked better this game than they did against UC Davis. Mm-hmm. So, and I yeah. think Virginia ranks more similar to how Nebraska is going to run. Yeah, compared to think... UC Davis, because UC Davis plays football like it's like the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll. It was a step in the right direction, uh, and now we'll get the real test against. Uh, against nebraska yeah i'm excited uh i know a few people that are going to the game why i don't know that i mean that would be really that would be kind of i think going to like a nebraska football game would be on my sports bucket list yeah but i think i would want to do it in just like a setting where i could just be like a neutral fan yeah just like go wear some red, cheer along with everyone else, not really have a dog in the fight. Uh-huh. I, I would 
want that to be my my experience there. But I don't know. Maybe I've not ne- having never been to the state of Nebraska. Maybe they're just pleasant, wonderful people. Mm-hmm. It's like going if you ever want to go to a game as a Ducks fan and feel safe, just go to a Stanford game. <laughs> oh my gosh! I had a friend almost get kicked out of the Stanford game. I feel like that's hard to do. Uh, yeah, apparently he was uh, heavily under the influence. Ah. I say he has one of those helmets that has like the two, the two like holsters for beer cans on the side. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> so yeah, he was he was telling me how he almost got kicked out uh, over the weekend, which is yeah really difficult to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, first off, I didn't even know that many people went to Stanford games. So, oh man, sorry, I'm, apparently I'm dying. Many people, are saying, many people are saying that I could be dying right now. <laughs> it could actually be happening. Yeah. Um, okay, so Nebraska. Uh, this matchup is problematic for one big reason. Uh, that their offensive line is really good. Yeah. That's that's the problematic one. Um, so, I mean, if Oregon's offense is able to keep a team one-dimensional, whether it's, like, running or passing, either way, just make them one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Then it's significant. Like, with Cal, like, they just, like, they throw the ball a lot. But Oregon, that game, was just like, all right, not going to run we're going to force you to pass every single time even though that's cal's strength yeah so just uh if you make them one-dimensional then you know what's coming like every single time so but best laid plans i mean so i mean oregon hasn't been looking too hot in these first couple games i'm doing a quick look uh nebraska has seven starters back on offense um, two of which are on the offensive line, but they always have great offensive linemen. Um, and then they don't have a single starter returning on the defensive line. Yeah, that's huge. Which is problematic. Um, so they are lacking in experience big time. Like, some of these guys are good coming off, but it's like they're both their ends weigh 255. So... I mean, it's not like it's that big of a group. I don't think the defensive line is anything really that special. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd also like to point out, like, I think I think or like as fans, we just look at our own team and see our all our own weaknesses and just imagine that other teams are automatically going to take advantage of it. Right. So like, oh man, our 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 DBs are awful, which is not true. Mm-hmm. Um. And we don't really take into account that the other team also has weaknesses. Because I actually spent... Here's how bad this weekend's games were. I watched Wyoming-Nebraska. Oh, no. In the morning. Like, it was... It was was not great. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me pull up their box score real fast. Because I was watching this. um, And it was the final score... Oh, that's from a bunch of years ago. Never mind. Okay, so the final score was 52-17. Um, Wyoming is not a good football team. Like, I think if Wyoming played Virginia, 
Virginia would be favored. That's rough. Yeah. So, and there were a few factors that led to this being like such a lopsided score because this was really close uh, for a while. Um, like if we look, it wasn't until the fourth quarter that Nebraska put up 28 straight points. So it was 24-17 heading into the fourth quarter to Nebraska. Like, can you imagine if that happened to Oregon? Like, the Autzen Stadium would just be ripping down. Like, people are like, all right, pack this up. We're going home. <laughs> oh, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, That would be awful. too much. So Nebraska averaged uh, 3.2 yards a carry, and they ran it 43 times. Jeez. Against Wyoming. Against Wyoming. Um, I think it's also important to point out uh, Tommy Armstrong, who is fantastic, great at running, has some great moments throwing the football. Uh, he threw officially threw one interception, but he threw three near interceptions. Basically, they hit the Wyoming guys in the hands, mm-hmm. and they just straight up dropped it. Yeah, could have been way worse. Yeah, it's like Jameis Winston. Like his last year, he threw eighteen interceptions, but like he threw in total like eight other near interceptions. Like it could have been way worse. Yeah, in like multiple games, and so that's why he's just like he's really turnover prone. Um, and if I'm just like looking back at Armstrong, he threw like sixteen picks last year. Yeah, so that'll be one of Oregon's ways where they can sneak out of there with a win. Is uh. You know, can if they can capitalize on uh, kind of his his inaccuracy at times, um, that'll be that'll that'll go a long way for him. Yeah, like I mean, I've said this a few times. Like, I'd rather like if I'm Oregon and I just know I don't have the most talented players because mm-hmm. let's be perfectly honest, we do not get many great defensive recruits. Uh. For a variety of reasons. Um, but, like, just blitz the hell out of these guys. Like, it makes just just blitz so often. Like, feast or famine. Like, Oregon had six sacks in last yeah. night's game. Like, it was 30-6 to six pretty quickly because of all the three and outs. And, uh, and a few turnovers. Like, mm-hmm. if you can get sacks then you, like, automatically get punts. Like, after a sack, it's so hard. Like, granted, you lost yards, but it's so much more difficult, like, coming back after a sack. Yeah, it's just the momentum just totally swings. Yeah, and if you look back at, like, when Oregon really blows games open, it's not because, like, their defense, our defense just, like, had a few, like, solid drives and only gave up a couple first downs. It was, like, Oregon touchdown, three and out, Oregon touchdown, pick, Oregon touchdown. And it was 21-point difference in, like, six minutes. Mm-hmm. So I'd much rather – I would much rather be blitzing five, six people every time than just kind of sitting back and, like, hoping things work. And also, a four-man pass rush was working out really well. So – and, uh, like, speaking again, I know we keep – going back and forth between like talking about Nebraska and talking about the Virginia game. Um, I think some of the inexperience in the four, three really showed Mm -hmm. in some of those runs, Um, like just really bad 
what you see Rob Mosley and Helfrich say in interviews. They saw like bad fits. Yeah. Like people just going to the wrong gaps. Right. Um, and what I, what I noticed a lot is like, you know, they would, they would rush to get pressure to the quarterback and they would just run right past the running back and he'd go, you know, gain eight, nine, ten yards. Yeah. And it looks like they're just like, it's a gash, but, and Oregon did a really bad job tackling. Like, it was bad. Yeah. So, but I mean, we know they can tackle well because they did that the first game. So, I mean, I also don't think people understand how young this team is. Mm -hmm. Just top to bottom. Like, there are some significant learning experiences going on. Yeah. Um, So, uh, A, from also a maturity standpoint, because they really let their emotions get the best of them, let Mm -hmm. Virginia get some extended drives. Uh, B, make sure you're filling in the right gaps. C, you got to have better tackling. Um, So I feel like making sure you're in the right spots is an easier thing to fix. And it's better to, like, learn these things now than it is in conference play. Like, I know when I was playing on a team, it was much easier to have, like, some lumps at first and, like, get exposed in some facets so you know what you need to work on. Because when everything's going right, it's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, how I'm supposed to be devoting time. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, what do you work on when everything's going right? Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like Ocean's Eleven. Like, when the problem is uh, star- starring me. Uh, Ocean's Eleven, when um, Basher is getting, like, the pinch. And what the pinch was supposed to do uh, accidentally happens... So that the, and the casinos are able to figure out how to solve the problem so their pinch idea doesn't work. You know, like, except in this case, Nebraska would be oceans and Oregon figures it out beforehand that they don't have great gap alignments. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's once you, like you're a drug addict, once you know there's a problem, you can fix it. So Admitting the problem is the first step to recovery. Yeah. So it's kind of like I'd much rather things go like a little bit rough right now than later. And I'm not like freaking out because there's like weaknesses because there's obvious weaknesses at this point. Like, like theoretically, Oregon could drop this game to Nebraska, win the rest of their games and still make it to the playoff. Like if that's mm-hmm. really what we're getting all uppity about. Right. So, I mean, I think Oregon opens as a three point underdog. Mm-hmm. Which they is do. weird. Uh, and there's like a lot of reasons why both teams could win this game. So that's why it's going to be like really exciting. And unfortunately, I committed to doing like a Nebraska podcast a few weeks ago. And I really just don't like talking about. I also don't really feel like talking about this game in general because they're always like, who do you think is going to win? It's like okay, well, obviously everyone knows what I'm going to say, and I don't yeah. do the, I can't do because the spread's so close, so I can't do the normal cop out where I'm like, uh, like I did on the USC pod where I was like, which was awesome. I highly recommend everybody read it. This is what I typically do. Like, who do you think's going to win? I go, what's the spread? And whatever the spread is, like either way, if it's a large number, I just pick the underdog. Yeah. Like if it was, if it was like Washington minus eight, I'd be like, oh yeah, Oregon covers. Or if it's like USC or those, so like. Oregon, like, minus 10 against somebody else. Be like, oh, that's a big spread. I don't know. I would, I would pick Colorado to cover. 
So gives me an out, but when it's like plus three, I'm really not looking forward to being like, yeah, I'm a homer. Get out right. Of how do you how, Come yeah, at me, how do you how do you defend a prediction against a three point spread? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is this is such a this is gonna be such a great matchup because their defensive line is inexperienced. They are very mistake prone. A lot of their points last week came off of really short fields from turnovers. Like mm-hmm. the Wyoming the Wyoming quarterback threw five interceptions. Whew. Lockie never threw five interceptions in a game. That's that's saying something. It's, like yeah. it, I mean, you you throw you throw five interceptions in a game, you're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's a lot of unknowns with both of these teams. So, um, I think people are still like I. Th- because the ge- because the game is at Nebraska, that's why they have a three point favorite. Otherwise, Vegas. If this were if this were on an even on a neutral site, it would be even. Yeah, exactly. But it's just I mean, it's like it's such a toss up that's like, who are you picking, guys? Uh, who's the home team? Cool, give them three points. Yeah, I'm so excited for this game, though. Yeah, I'm juiced. It's twelve thirty p.m. It's a reasonable hour. Oh my god, I got back at one thirty in the morning. Yeah, I Saturday or Sunday morning technically. I I was running a race on Sunday morning and I had a 4:30 a.m. wake up call. Oh and like God. as we got into the third quarter, I started doing like the math in my head. I'm like, if I watch the whole game, I'm gonna have four hours of sleep. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, I was like, all right, turning off the computer, organ. Don't do anything stupid. <laughs> let's just let's have a civil night. Yeah. As I remember, there was one game last year where I like had to be up insanely early the next day, and it was the like what was it the, the triple overtime thriller against Arizona State. Oh man, I and forgot I, like, about that. I just like I went to bed thinking everything was going to be normal, and then I woke up the next morning, and I just looked at my phone, and I just scrolled through all the no- notifications. I was like, things happened last night. <laughs> things happened. Yeah. Yeah, oh my god, that game was unbelievable. So, my friend on the East Coast, it was a Thursday night game too, so he's watching it until like 3 in the morning his time. Mm-hmm. Um, That's dedication. Yeah, triple overtime, I mean, you gotta stay up for that. I'm yeah. not sure, Sean Larson. Unless you need more than 3-4 hours of sleep to function the next day. <laughs> yeah. Um... Oh, another person to talk about, uh, Jalen Jel- Jelks. Jelks. Yes, great pass rushing. Oh my god, there was one play Phenomenal. where he. Oh my god, he just like went. He didn't even like try to go around. He just popped the guy, the left tackle, straight up, and literally ran the left tackle into the quarterback in maybe three seconds. Yeah, and the ESPN guys were raving about him. Oh, were they? Yeah, they were like, "Oh, he's Oregon's best pass rusher by far." He's looked really good so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's filling in for Prevo, who yeah. made some very poor choices in the off season. So, um, okay, here's a question for you: Should we move Charles Nelson to safety? I feel very strongly one way. Oh man. I I know I know it's like it's just like his whole deal is such like 
a high risk, high reward situation. It's like I feel like I'm playing like some type of roulette game when I watch him return punts. Like he could return it for a touchdown, he could return it fifty yards, but he could also fumble the ball and completely change the momentum of the game. Yeah. I, I just uh, I mean, if he if he can't figure it out, like how to catch a football, like how to field a punt then he needs to just stick to safety and not do that. Because that's, that's going to just, that's going to bite Oregon in the ass one day real bad. I think he's in his own head at this point. Yeah. I think he's so terrified of fumbling that he's even more fumble prone. Right. It's just like the ball goes up in the air and he's like, oh God, just catch it, just catch it. Get it's like, have you ever seen the replacements? No. There's a, uh, I forget like what the, character's name is in the movie but it's basically it's the wide receiver on the team and he's incredibly athletic he's so talented but he can't catch the ball like Jason Williams exactly yeah um, he just he can't catch the ball and so they put like like sticky glue on his bare hands and he's and that's how they get him to catch the ball so uh-huh. unless Oregon can find a way to legally put sticky glue on the hands of Charles Nelson, I think he needs to go to safety. Yeah, and here, here's my biggest point. Uh, the difference between Charles Nelson and his backup at receiver, I don't think is very big. Like, we have right. Taj Griffin. I feel like Taj Griffin and Charles Nelson can do the same things. I think that the difference between Charles Nelson and the next safety is gargantuan. I just think he's so much more valuable... Uh, based on where the depth chart is mm-hmm. at safety. Right, exactly. So, I mean, it's Juwan like, Williams is killing it. Schooler played really well last game. but it's Yeah, like, he, he had an amazing interception. Yeah, it's like, I feel like Nelson could be a star. Just, like, put him deep. Like, don't force him to play in the box. And let him just, like... Because he has, like, a real ability just to be, like, to be around the ball. To, like, make plays. Kind of like Tyran Matthew. Mm-hmm. So, and I just say Tyron Matthew because that's a name everybody knows. Uh, like he just knows, like, he just has a nose for where things are going. And I just feel like him playing safety would just be huge. Yeah, that would be really valuable for the Ducks. So, and I mean, that's kind of what SEC teams do. They're like, all right, are, we have an amazing athlete. Is he playing offense or is he playing defense? Mm-hmm. He's playing yeah. defense. Yeah, like, you they pick put their one studs side on or the D. other. Yeah, you put I, your studs I, on D. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a fan of the whole playing both sides of the ball thing. I think you need to focus on one or the other. I think yeah. it's, it's like, I think you can, I, I truly believe that you can only excel at one thing because if you split your focus into two different, two completely different positions, like you're just, you're not, you're just like, you're wasting your talent, you know? Yeah. Um, like even Bo Jackson only played running back. Yeah. He didn't play safety too. So I just think I just think he should be at safety. Like e- even if he's like this great receiver, I don't think the difference between Charles Nelson and the next receiver is nearly as large as Charles Nelson in the next safety. Right. I think it'd be different if the depth chart looked different and oh, there was 100%. a huge drop off on both sides. But yeah, I mean to your point he's much more valuable on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. I'm just, um, 
How good do you feel, scale 1 to 10? Um, 10 being 100% confident um, in Oregon winning on Saturday. Okay. I would feel... I feel about a five and a half. A five and a half. Like a five and a half. Like I feel Look, like this isn't one to twenty. This is one to ten. Pick a side. I did. Five and a half is closer to ten than it is to one. No, it's not. Pick a five or six. Okay, so that's my answer too. Yeah, I, I would. I think it's one of those games where this. You know, if you play, if you play this game. 11 times Nebraska wins six times and Oregon wins five. And if you play it at Austin, it's reversed. But yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's going to, it's going to be, obviously it's Oregon's first true test. Um, you know, I just, I, I hope that like they don't get, it, I mean, it, it sounds like such a thing that shouldn't have an impact on a game, but it, it does, and I just I hope they don't get overwhelmed by the environment and the atmosphere. Especially like my my biggest concern is always how, and this was like the same thing last year with like Vernon Adams going into Michigan State. I was like, all right, this is an FCS quarterback, and he's playing his first like real game. It's like cool, you had you had a tune up or two, oh, okay, yeah, you're right? You know, you're at home, but here, play a road game against. 90,000 fans in Nebraska where there is I, again I've never been to Lincoln but I assume there is literally nothing to do except it sucks. it sucks I'm assuming this is literally the only thing to do in town so and shut corn yes um, so that's and it, like it always goes back to I remember they were interviewing Prukop and he said like when he played an Oregon spring game, that was the biggest crowd he's ever played in front of in his life. And that's like half people that'll be at Nebraska on Saturday. The capacity is 86,000. Yeah. And, you know, they always, I'm assuming it's like Oregon where they can stretch it to thousands more. Uh, Uh, Record is 91,585. Yeah. Yeah, usually, yeah. I mean, like, Autzen Stadium's like 54,000, and they can stretch it to like 60,000. Um, so that doesn't surprise me. So, yeah, um, it's such like a an off-the-field factor. But when you have a quarterback who his biggest crowd ever at one point was a spring game and you know, each progress, each game forward now is his biggest crowd. You know, like there were just just over fifty four thousand people on Saturday night at Watson, and that was the biggest crowd he's ever played of. And now we're adding thirty thousand fans on the road. Like, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he reacts. But, um, but hey, we got to sell out. The streak is at one. Oh yeah, we're coming for you, Nebraska. It's like one of those uh, office things, like at like a factory or something. Like one day since the last accident. Yeah, it just resets, and you're like, oh. Um, I remember when I I posted an in-game story after the news broke that the sellout streak ended because I mean that was, it's nothing compared to Nebraska's streak, but that was a like the third or fourth longest streak in the country at the time, and like that was a big deal that that streak ended and the. 
they like i mean i think officially the streak ended probably a long time ago i think in a lot of those week one tune-up 11 a.m games the loosest ter- terms they, of they probably, yeah i mean i've i've heard it before where they've like you know they've said that they've counted like every single person walking through the stadium that day as being in attendance, including like media members and people working concession stands and yeah. whatever you can get to, you know, or like they just have one group come in and like buy the rest of the tickets and then be like, all right, cool. You don't even have to show up. Um, but I just, I remember posting that story and looking at the notifications on our Twitter account and just the troll job left and right from Nebraska fans. They're like, huh, that was your sellout streak? It's like... Yeah, we have things to do. People in Oregon have things to do outside of football, believe it or not. Yeah. So... Let me me do a quick Wikipedia real fast. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, Lincoln's population is twice of Eugene's. Like 300,000 or something? Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Cool, guys. Real real big time over there. How many wins you have last year? Yeah. Okay, so I really don't think it can also be understated. We haven't, we haven't even talked about this. Yeah, okay, so first off, uh, I was reading, I was listening to an ESPN podcast in the preseason. And they were talking about how there was, like, reports that Prukop was, like, in his own head just trying to win the Oregon starting spot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what? That's, prob- that's a problem. Like, if you're, if you're in your own head trying to win the spot and you go in front of Nebraska, I don't know. But maybe he's just a basket case like that. Um, I also don't think it could be understated that uh, the coach for the other team is nice guy Mike Riley. I really don't think that can be understated uh, or overstated because like he he did not have many great teams at Oregon State like he had 2007 which got decimated by Oregon Um, he had Mm -hmm. 2001 which had four like pro bowlers and he didn't like win a national championship um so, I mean, they've shown progress and everything, uh, but, I mean, they still haven't beaten anyone amazing. Like, they did beat uh, Michigan State last year, although they literally should not have because uh, the receiver ran out of bounds. Mm-hmm. But, like, last year, their wins were over South Alabama, Southern Miss, Minnesota, Michigan State and Rutgers, and then they beat UCLA in a glorified exhibition game. Yeah, the um, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six. No, wait, one, two. Sorry, I can't count. One, two. I didn't know there'd be math. <laughs> uh, three, four, five wins last year. Five wins. And I'm not saying this to be like, oh, we're gonna blow these guys out, but it's like so people don't pee their beds like between now and then. Yeah. The year before that, Mike Riley's first year, uh, they beat Florida Atlantic, McNeese State, Fresno State, 
Miami under Al Golden, which was a tire fire. Illinois, Northwestern, Rutgers, Purdue, and then Iowa Hawkeyes in overtime. Mm-hmm. So they beat one ranked team. Cool, cool guys. Cool story, bro. Yeah, exactly. So it's. I really think we need to keep in mind that this is Mike Riley that we're going against. Yeah. So I and again I say that not to be like, oh, we're definitely winning this game because it's definitely going to be close for a variety of reasons. But it's not like Oregon's got all these problems and Nebraska doesn't. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, every fan who's just like, hey, also, if you've listened this far, you're a pretty solid fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't get what's in it for people who are just so upset all the time when they're watching football. Yeah, like, it's here. So here's the whole thing that I, I say about kind of the fan base being becoming spoiled, which they absolutely have. And it, it's like, you know, like, yeah, God, it's so frustrating. I, I get that there's a whole lot more to analyze. Like the whole thing about like, you know, the final score of a game isn't really that accurate of what the game actually entailed. You know, like you could have, you could have a a game that was, you know, a team won by 28 points, but really they won by like 50 and just put in like the student section in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But honestly, at the end of the day, that is literally the only thing that matters is what the final score was. Yeah. And if you play like just okay football and you kind of skate by, but you skate by to an undefeated season, guess what? You still won the national championship. It doesn't matter how you win or lose. The story of the 2013 Seminoles. It just, yeah, exactly. It just matters that you win the game you play (laughs) to win the game that's all i can say so yes i have no problems in saying that oregon fans have become extremely spoiled and it's exhausting listening to the complaints like just finding reasons to to nitpick you know like i we could probably go out and find a decent number of fans that would kill to have seen nine and four seasons during during their time at school there. Yeah. And if I swear, if the second half of the TCU game didn't go nearly as bad, we would all feel very differently about this team. Oh, exactly. We'd all feel extremely differently. Yeah, that totally changed everything. Um, I mean, it's, it's not like we almost lost to Nichols. Yeah. Or we almost dropped a game to Appalachian State. Like, okay, for it's example. lost to Richmond. Yeah. Tennessee was just like, they looked awful against Appalachian State. Appalachian State's a good team. Like, they're not, they're not garbage. Uh, but Tennessee looked legitimately terrible. Yeah. And they just crushed Virginia Tech, who was, who's a good ACC team. Not fantastic. But they're solid. And that was a two-week difference. That was seven days went in between those. In between those two events. So, I mean, 
I mean, ultimately, like, I don't know what people get out of it by just hating on everything. Like, being so upset about watching a team win by three scores. Some people just want to watch the world burn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I really feel like this is a fan base where, let's say, like, let's say we played a national championship game against a team that had, like, no business being there like you know we were like the one seed and undefeated and we were playing the four seed who like squeaked in and like we're playing iowa yeah we're playing iowa and like we beat them in like triple overtime after blowing a a 30 point halftime lead like we would win our first national championship ever and people would criticize it. People would have been like, oh, I don't know. I still think we should fire Helfrich. There were people, there were legitimate people, people I know and I'm friends with that were like at the national championship game. They're like, we should fire Helfrich. They were at the national championship game and they were unhappy. That's so infuriating. Like, I mean, it's like this one guy who sat behind me at Autzen Stadium for years and he would get so upset if Mariota threw an incompletion and it's like why are you here you seem so unhappy being here like why why did you spend money and time to come here because you were you I never heard him say anything like positive so I don't know I don't know what's in it for some people so I mean there are issues there are problems but to just like hate everything and not be like yeah here's what we're doing well like this is going to be fun to watch this game. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, um, I, I choose to live a happy life. I tune all the noise <laughs> out. And yeah, I I just, I, I choose to be happy, unlike, unlike <laughs> some people in this world. You sound like you're on Bachelor in Paradise. I choose <laughs> happiness. <laughs> I choose love. <laughs> I think that's what I might title this. Sean chooses happiness. <laughs> yes. I always try to think of a funny title, and I think that's what I've just decided on. That's that's gonna be it. Sean chooses happiness. Yeah. All right. That's, that's gonna be in my new Twitter like bio. <laughs> Managing I choose, predicted quack, I choose happiness. All right. Uh, that'll do it for us. Um, we're playing Nebraska on Saturday, twelve thirty kickoff. Um, it's gonna be exciting. Dakota gets to play in front of the biggest crowd ever. Let's see if he folds under pressure. Um, we get to see our defensive line, uh, see if it fixed its problems after playing Virginia. Um, and, uh, we get to see Royce Freeman do some more cool stuff. All right. So that'll do it for us. Uh, we will talk to you all, you guys next week, hopefully after a win, like I'm really, really hoping so. See ya.